So here's what I'm fired up about. I'm fired up about what God's doing in the church. I'm amazed at this thing he calls together that allows us, the called out ones, to rally and celebrate him. I mean, really the question is, why do a church plant? Why send people out to a place where there's 92% not wanting to go to church and we're going to make a church? Because Jeff said it exactly. We have a chance to be able to lift his name up. How do we best do that? You know, today we're going to look at Psalm 96 and we're going to figure that out. How do we best celebrate him? And what are we going to do here at this church as we look at Psalm 96? Okay. The ushers are coming forward. They've got some Bibles in their hands. We're just going to walk verse by verse through this. So if you need a Bible, raise your hands. The ushers will get one to you. Okay. Psalm 96. Let me just start by saying this. This is a Psalm that was also quoted by David. Um, he quoted it in first Chronicles 16 as they were getting ready to take the ark back into Jerusalem. It was a moment in time where he was saying, let's celebrate what this is really all about and let's not lose sight of it. So as we go through this, keep thinking, how do we not lose sight of what the big thing is? What's the main thing? Okay. That's what's being answered in this Psalm 96. The first point is simply this witness, tell the nations of his greatness, witness, tell the nations of his greatness. Look at verse one here. He starts out, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. He's saying, sing. Why music? What's the big deal with singing? Why not just say some good stuff about the Lord? Why is it sing a new song? You know, music, it's this ability for us to be able to express with some dynamics, to, to be able to express with some passion, to be able to put words with this energy of sound that makes statement. It can either sound a little bit somber or focused. It could sound big and lofty, but it's a big part of our life. Sing. Sometimes you might be the one who needs to turn the volume up a little because we don't sing as well as others around us. I'm in a family where I've got some singers, so I let them sing loud and I sing a little under them, but I sing songs, right? We sing an expression of what God's doing in our life. Notice it says, sing a new song, okay? Sing a new song. He's saying, find a fresh expression for what's going on in your life. Here's what he's saying. Make sure that God is transforming you And as you're experiencing that change, you're looking for something in the musical realm that allows you to say, that's it. That's what's going on in my life right now. Sing a new song. So like amazing grace is sin. Is that what we're saying? Like it's an old song, so I shouldn't sing it. That's not what it's saying. What it is saying though, is make sure that you're always adding to your collection of celebration songs. It's okay to have your oldies, but a goodies. Okay. It's okay to go back to the songs that really rip you and rock you to the core. And they're like exactly what motivates you and keeps you focused on him. But seriously, be looking for those new things that God is doing in your life. There should always be new. You know, the scriptures teach us that the Christian walk is really a walk of change. The nasty C word, right? 
Like how many people really want to go, hey, I love change. If just constantly change it. There are a few that really like to embrace change, but most tend to have the break on big time. No change. Just give me status quo, man. With the Christian walk, it's Lord, move in my life. Change me. May I be conformed more to your image tomorrow than I am today. And may I find a song in the midst of it that expresses exactly what I'm going through. Sing a new song. That's part of the challenge here for worshiping him and being able to celebrate him. Notice what the song he's recommending here first is. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth. So everybody get involved in this. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. May it be about him. So it's not sing to the Lord a new song. And then we start out and we start singing songs that are all about me. It's sing to the Lord a new song. It's being in a moment where as you're singing, you're reflecting on him and you're having a very crisp, clear time where you can feel and sense this is you and God talking. You're expressing to him your thankfulness. You're expressing to him what's going on and changing in your life. Sing to the Lord a new song. And what content might it have? It says, verse 2, tell of his salvation from day to day. You know, we just got done singing a few songs here in the opening part that was all about his salvation. You know, scripture's clear. It says we stand in one spot before him on our own, and that is guilty. We stand in a spot of, I am not measuring up to what you've designed for me. I've run off and I've done my own thing. I've got my way of looking at things, and it's making me not meet up. But Jesus has an answer for that. It, it's an answer that is probably the best answer I've ever heard in my life. It's completely total in that it doesn't sacrifice any of his character. He is holy and he is righteous and he demands perfection and he is perfect. Well, that doesn't sound very good for you and me. But at the same time, he is loving and he's merciful and he's gracious. And he reaches out and he offers for us a replacement payment. It's his own shed blood. And that tension of his character of holiness and righteousness. But love and mercy, that's what puts him at the cross. And he's saying... I love you, and I'm reaching out for you. The psalmist is saying, tell that story. Tell that story. Make it clear that we serve an awesome, holy, righteous God who lovingly reaches out with his own shed blood for you and for me. Tell of his salvation and how he calls us home, how he makes us a new creation, how he adopts us as his children, how we have an eternity with him tell of that salvation he goes on here he says declare his glory among the nations like everywhere to everyone anytime be talking about how awesome he is his glory get yourself enveloped in an experience with him be blown away by him and turn and start talking to people that's witness let me tell you how great my god is dot 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 and now you fill it in with your personal story of what's going on. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. His marvelous works among how many of the peoples? Among how many? That means each and every one of us. All. All of us. You and me, we have a job to do. It's to stand up and preach to the nations 
we have an awesome God. I would love for you to meet him. He's working in my life. He is working in this community. He is working in this world. He offers salvation rich and free. His life for you and me. Come to know him. Declare his glory. Tell of his salvation. It says here at the end, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Let's just say that together. Ready? For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. One more time. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared among all the gods. He is to be feared. You know, we have a God who is great. When you think of the word great, what do you think of? And all too often we play that word down. It's like, man, did you try that new Cheerios? Oh yeah, that was great. You know what I mean? Like we're wasting the word. Like it's got way more import than that. It's, it's this thing that simply stops you in your tracks and draws attention. It's this moment where you say there is nothing better than that was great. He is great. Our God, vast and holy and drawing attention to himself. He is unbelievable. Look to him with all you have. He is great and greatly to be praised. May we celebrate our God with all we've got. That's the call. Celebrate him. Good way to do it. Talk about him with those you know. Letting him know how he's changing you. He says here at the end, for all the gods of the peoples, little g gods, plural. Yeah, those are worthless idols. They do nothing. They get nothing done. They are simply a figment of the imagination. They are little g and plural and a waste of time. They are little gods. Go after the capital G, the one and only, the great one who never changes in all eternity. I am the Lord your God and I change not. That's the God we go after. Worship him and praise him with all you have. Notice it says here right at the end, verse 6. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Splendor, like brightness, like get on some unbelievable sunglasses. This God is bright. Brightness of this God. The kind where you need to look down or look away if it's just with human eyes. Splendor and majesty, authority, regalness, in charge overall. Strength and beauty. He is all-powerful and beauty. Like he's good-looking. That's what it means. He's good-looking. When you look at God, you can help but say this. Wow. Or maybe more like, wow. As the brightness and the amazingness and the greatness and the vastness and the holiness and the otherness and the majesty and the unbelievable power pour in upon you. Take it in. Our God, he is great. Amen. That's a witness. Bring that to the streets. I've got a God who blows me away. I spend a little bit of time with him and I cannot believe who he is and how he's working in my life and how he's working in this world. Let me tell you about him. You know, we, uh, we try to, in every way, shape, and form, 
here in Harvest Peoria share the truth of who Jesus Christ is and the awesomeness of his power. Uh, we had a little girl in our higher ground who went home, was with a friend out in the neighborhood, and they were talking. And so she decided to share a little bit of what was going on in her life. And so she shared about who Jesus was and how you need to believe in Jesus and what it means to walk through that. And I think she may have had a bracelet she was walking through using it, but she basically went through explaining the gospel message and how you need to come to Christ through that. And her little friend said, I haven't done that. She said, well, do you want to do it now? And she said, well, yeah, I think I do. And so they together prayed and she said, Lord, I want to give you my life. Please forgive me for what I've done wrong. I need you to replace what I owe. Can you please use your shed blood to forgive me? And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. That little girl went home and talked to her mom. And her mom said, you what? We need to talk about this. And so they talked and she took that story to her pastor and said, this is what happened. What do you think of that? Is this wrong? And he said, no, it sounds like it's spot on. I think everything is really in line. You need to call that family and thank them. And talk to him. You know, that family got a call and the mom simply said this. Wow. I don't know what's happening over there. But I'll tell you this. You seem to know the gospel message pretty well and have an ability to share it. At least in one little girl. Witness. It's our calling. Somebody in higher ground can do it. You can do it. We have a call. To figure out who God wants us to share with and where he wants it shared. He says, share to all the peoples in all the world, all the nations. Maybe he's talking about the person that lives next door to you or across the street or someone you work with. Who is it that God's calling you to share with, to share the awesome message of who he is? Just to be honest and frank, can I just tell you a little bit about what God's doing in my life? Be vulnerable. We've talked about it a million times, right? Bold does not mean be offensive, be a jerk. Bold means be willing to be vulnerable. Step out a little bit. Who might God be asking you to witness to? To declare his works in your life to? Maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I haven't done that. I don't even know what you mean. Maybe this is your moment this morning, right here and right now, to say, I think I need to come before him. To offer up your life to him and say, please forgive me, Lord. Use your blood on the cross as a replacement payment. I believe you're God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again. Please use your shed blood to forgive me. Maybe that's where you need to be. If you're saying, I'm not comfortable doing this alone, come up afterwards. I would love to talk with you. Let's walk through this together. Don't walk away today without missing the fact that we have an amazing God who's willing to sit down right next to you and spend eternity with you, being a part of your life and you a part of his. Witness. Tell the nations of his greatness. Second step, worship. Know him and adore him. Know him and adore him. Let's start in verse 7. It says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe. What in the world does that word mean? Do you use that word often in your daily adventures in life? We don't use that word much, right? But here's what it means. Basically, it means recognize it, attribute it solely to him. 
That's what it means. It's solely you that's doing this, God. So let's put that in there, okay? It says, ascribe to the Lord. It's only you, Lord. Oh, families of the people say this. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Anything amazing I'm looking at, you're the source. Anything powerful I'm looking at, you're the source. You hold everything together. You have put it all in place. You sustain it. You, Lord, you're it. I'm ascribing that to you, Lord. Recognize the authority of our God, the awesomeness of our God, the soul-centeredness of our God. It's just him. Notice what it says here. I thought this was kind of cool. It says, ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Now, up above, you were talking to all the peoples. Now it's saying, O family of the peoples. In other words, this thing just rips like wildfire. You start talking to one person and they come to Christ and then they start talking to somebody and now that family's getting it and now their friends are getting it and it's like it just spreads. May this thing that we call worship be contagious. May this thing that we call worship be just something different than anybody's really ever experienced unless they're experiencing this. It's not sing three songs, listen to a message, go home. That's not worship. Worship, it's like I have found you completely worthwhile. I am absolutely sold out that it's all about you. And it just wells up from within and it starts spilling over to the streets. That's worship. And it's contagious. We need to have it. This body needs to be a part of it. We have powerful impact worship services here. We have moments in time, whether it be through the music or time where we let the word pour over us, where we're simply saying, our God reigns. Amen? And as we do that, and as we get real on that, it spills to the streets. Worship. May we simply say, man, God, you are so worth it. I ascribe everything back to you. Our God is amazing. You know, it says here, ascribe to the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, right? We've talked about this a bunch in the last few months. That means the personal name of God. I am Yahweh. He's saying, talk to the personal God who has a personal name and personally ascribe to him everything you're blown away with. God at work in your life. He goes a little further. He says right after that in verse eight, ascribe to the Lord, the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Bring an offering and come into his courts. In other words, please recognize you don't walk into the presence of this God all on your own adventure. You walk into the presence of this God with an offering, with a need to say, first of all, please forgive me. And then also, Lord, here's just all of who I am. Take me. An offering. The proper offering is Jesus Christ and his shed blood. The proper offering is not, man, I really tried hard the last two weeks. I'm telling you, you wouldn't believe how nice I was to that rather wacko neighbor next door. Like That's not the offering we come with. It's Lord, it's you and your replacement of all that I've done wrong. That's what I'm coming before you with. Come running to the throne with that offering and then say, how can I thank you now with my life? Lord, may I give you my life. What an offering to pour out before him. It says in verse 9, Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. This is the how. 
worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. The brightness of his unbelievable perfection. You can be in the presence of that. And be celebrating him. Have you had a moment in the last week or two? Where you've actually been stunned. By the amazing. Holy. Otherness. Of God. All too often we get caught up. In the day to days and the physicals. I mean we're tied to this stuff. You know what I mean? This flesh and blood thing, these chairs we run into and hurt a shin and you know what I'm talking about? Like all the physical around us and we get so attached to it that we become very aware of the physical and our eyes are no longer looking to the amazing splendor and beauty and majesty of the almighty God of the universe. Grasp that experience with them and say there's nothing more worthwhile than being in your presence. That's the call. Notice it says at the end there, tremble before him, all the earth. Please recognize that he is absolutely in charge and could absolutely snuff us out. And yet he chooses to come with grace and mercy and love. Respect that. Don't abuse that. What an amazing God. Come before him with respect that could even bring a sense of trembling. As you see his vastness. Remember when we were in Isaiah 6. Just a few weeks back. And Isaiah's response. Woe is me. For I am undone. That's this. Happening. Tremble. As you grasp the the vastness of our God. You know. We were in that none greater series. We were talking about the glory of God. And we were talking about how we need to just get back to the basics. And see how great our God is. That third week, do you remember this? We talked about his glory and we talked about it in his character, in his presence. And then the last week in creation. Just take some time to go out and see his power. See his beauty. See the stars at night. See the sun. Just make some observations and go, wow. Okay. It was a challenge to say, Lord, may I just not get caught up in the physical, but rather have the physical point further towards you. And uh, as we did that, um, God gave us like this awesome next week. I don't know if you did this, if you remember this, but the next five days were like pure, starlit, absolutely no clouds in the sky every night. This is a letter I got. Pastor Tim, your message on creation a couple weeks ago really hit me. So that week I decided to take some time and just be amazed. And amazed I was. Just this past Friday night, I was on my way home from a movie with my sister and another friend, and I couldn't help but realize how bright the stars were shining. So as soon as I got home, I ran inside and asked my mom if she would come outside with me and look at the stars. Without hesitation, she said yes. So we gathered some blankets, and then we headed outside and laid on our deck, and we're simply amazed. First, we spotted the Big Dipper. Not a big deal. And then just shortly after that, a shooting star flew through the sky. I was speechless. One, because I had never seen a shooting star before. And two, I realized that just by taking some time to look at the stars, God revealed himself in an awesome way. Not only did we just see that shooting star, but over the course of about a half an hour, three more shooting stars flew across the sky. On the third shooting star, my mom and I were both so excited we started to cry. Why, I'm I'm not entirely sure, but God truly rocked my world that night. And I just wanted to share it with you. Just take some time to look up 
and look around. He's amazing. You know, just a little side note, there's supposed to be some kind of asteroid showers that could create a ton of shooting stars, like the 28th, 29th, and 30th of July. Who knows, maybe the clouds won't be there and we'll be able to see something. Look up. Look around. Be amazed. Let the unbelievable authority and power and vastness of our God rock you. And spend a little bit of time saying, you are worth it, Lord. You are worth it. So first, we witness. We tell of how awesome he is. And second, we keep filling our own bucket up as we spend time worshiping him and being amazed by him. And third, walk and work. Be empowered to celebrate the coming righteous judge. Be empowered to celebrate the coming righteous judge. Let's just start here in uh, verse 10. It says, Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Do it with me. Just say, the Lord reigns once or twice here. You ready? The Lord reigns again. The Lord reigns. Say it like you really are blown away with it. The Lord reigns. He's in charge. That's their little exclamation point after it. It's like, grasp it. He is ruling. Let that blow you away. The Lord reigns. He is mighty and mighty to save. It says, the world is established. It shall never be moved. In other words, he is the creator, but he is the sustainer. Have no fear. He does not change. So the things around are trustworthy. Then it says some peculiar statement here. He will judge the peoples with equity. Judge? Well, that doesn't sound like a fun moment. Are you serious? Judge? You're trying to make me excited by saying he's going to judge me? What, what's this about? Let's just take a step out. That's why I phrased this the way I did. Walk and work. Be empowered to celebrate. Okay? Often we think of walk and work the wrong way. We think of it like this. Okay, God did this huge, vast work in me. So now I'm saved. Now that I'm saved, it's all up to me. I'm going to really try hard to make some changes in my life or try to serve the church or serve the kingdom or... It isn't about my personal effort alone. We've missed it. Remember in Galatians 3 that we went through back in the spring here. He says, look, you were saved through the transformation of the Holy Spirit. You will also be sanctified through the work of the Holy Spirit. Let God work in you. The judge is coming. But this is all the judge is going to be saying. How well did you let me work through you? It's my power that's going to be unleashed in you. Are we working together? Are we cooperating? That's what's going on. We have this chance for him to say, look, basically I've stacked the deck. I'm giving you a full and total chance. I am trying to bring you up exactly to where I want you. My power unleashed in you. You conform to my image. And it's me at work. You just cooperating. Not controlling it and making it happen. But you cooperating. Working with God. It's effort at times for us to put out. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we don't put our effort out, but it's never, I go muscle it. It's, God, where are you working in my life and how can I cooperate with you there and make this thing happen? Lord, 
unleash your power in my life. You know, I just put a few things down here as a side thought. Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says basically that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's God's work. Transforming you by renewing your mind. God's work in you. Your work, it starts out with the word let. That's your work. Okay? It's like open up your hands, open up your arms, and allow the divine power of our God Almighty, as He personally knows you and all that's going on within you, begin to shape and move. Let. That's your job. And God will do this transforming work, this amazing work. Don't get me wrong. It's not easy to let sometimes. That takes a lot of willpower as we begin to learn to release. And he works with us on it. But let God work. Galatians 3.3, we talked about the Spirit sanctifying us. Just know that that's a promise. Him at work in you. God at work. There's like this big sign above you that just says, God at work. Let's make it true. Okay? Let's let him work. If we look at the end here, just an attitude that take, gets taken on. Check this out. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Now, you're going to notice something. This is a poem. So you're seeing the writer try to find the extremes of everything to try to say, it's about all. It's about every. Okay? So let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. Are you hearing it? Heavens and earth. It's like an all statement, right? And then he goes a little further. He says, let the sea roar and all that fills it. The fish and anything living in there, anything in the sea, let them all worship him. Let them roar. And then it goes further and says, let the field, we just covered the sea, so now we're in the land, right? Let the field exalt and everything in it. May all the land and all of its animals, may all the sea and all of its fish and whatever, may all of everything everywhere just grasp this, be glad and rejoice. That's how we're supposed to respond to the coming judge. To the coming judge. He goes one step further. He says, He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Know this, we are guaranteed righteousness and faithfulness from that judge, but we are guaranteed more. We are guaranteed full restoration. We are guaranteed reconciliation. We are guaranteed that those who stand against him are set aside and those who stand with him are ushered into his presence for all eternity. Why celebrate? Because it indicates perfection coming. We have a holy, righteous God who's bringing us home to be with him for eternity. Everything restored. May we grasp it. And may our life here reflect it. May we allow him to grow us, walk. And may we serve him with all we have, work. Saying, Lord, may I just be a part of your plan as you progress towards that final coming and the restoring of all. You are truly in charge. Our God reigns. Amen. Why do we gather as a church? Because our God reigns. We do not gather because it's a cool club. We, we don't. I know some of you are like, really? Yeah. It is a cool club, but it's way more. We gather because we have a chance from the moment we enter till the moment we leave to be able to say, he is worth it. May we just get a fresh glimpse of him. May we worship him. May we witness him. May we walk and work for him. Hey, those are the four W's we have. Complete disciple. Psalm 96. Why do we do this thing? To help create complete 
discipleship. Complete followership. Totally sold out for him. That's why we're doing this. Maybe let's say it this way. We show up on a Sunday morning and we rally as a large group of called out ones. Do you know that's what the church means, right? The word church, it means called out ones. So let's be called out and come together. And we gather together and we simply say, you are so worth it, God. You are amazing. And we get a little refresher and we get a little pump and we get a little adjust. And then we go out and we live that Monday to Saturday with the witness and the walk and the work piece being in play. Lord, where, who, how can I declare your glory? May this church never be about just what goes on inside the church walls. Never. May we simply be about, that's the pump moment. That's the moment we gather together and we have the Holy Spirit simply saying, it is truly this direction we're headed. And as we hit the streets, we are hitting the streets on fire, spilling over with his glory, a worship for him. That's what it's all about. Why do we do church? To God be the glory. Why do we do church? To show him off. That's what it's all about. You know, I've used this illustration before, but it's a powerful one. So guy had this picture above his desk. It was a picture of a turtle up on a post. Remember the story? Turtle up on a post. And the guy's like, why do you have that picture up there? It's not even attractive. He's like, every time I look at it, it reminds me of this. There's no way that turtle got there by itself. And that's what we need to keep reminding ourselves. We need to be a turtle on a post. We need to be so available to what God's doing in our lives and so on fire for what he is doing in this world that people can't help but look and say, there's no way they got there by themselves. That's all I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about? Be willing to be the turtle on a post. All too often, we're trying to get to a level where we have people say, that guy's good. You're nowhere near high enough then. We need to be so high that people simply say, there's no way it's you. It's got to be God, right? That is true glory and worship. May this church be about being turtle on a post. That's where we need to go. Witness, worship, walk, and work. We have a chance to simply say, our God reigns. Amen? Our God rules. Amen? Let's be the turtle on the post. And let's witness and worship and walk and work with everything we've got. Let's pray.